Yes, we have power. Thank you. All right, welcome to Hebrew Club. As we continue our trek through the lament and uh, the penitential psalms specifically, Psalm 38 we are at, and we're going to try to finish this puppy today, believe it or not. We are ready to start verse 12. And uh, if you will remember, we start, we finished with that interesting verse, verse 11, about the guy's heart. Uh, Levi, that's Sekharkar. I'm sure you guys all memorized that from last week. Sekharkar. Um, that's that alal form. <laughs> in which, um, notice this is one of the phenomena in which um, the last two root letters reduplicate each other. Sometimes it's just the last letter. You have that in Isaiah, the pekach koach, the uh, eyes opening, you know, and, and you have that in a few other places. Um, so it means my heart probably palpates or something like that. Um, my power has forsaken me in the light of my eyes. Even they, they are not with me. So that everything's, you know, the light switch is going out in his whole body. It's like, boom, he, he's right at the edge of the grave, so to speak. All right, verse 12. Uh, he continues, I mean, you can begin to see why this is a penitential psalm and how these resonate with so many in the early church would interpret a psalm like this as a description ultimately of Christ's suffering. And you can see that as uh, we get to verse 12 especially. So, O Havai, the Re'ai, Meneged, Nigi, Ya'amodu. My friends, notice that that's a participle plural from Ahab. My friends and Re'ai, my companions. Meneged, from before uh, Nigi, from before my plague, that's from Nega with the first common singular suffix. So from before my plague, um, Ya'amodu, they stand. So my friends, my loved ones, and my companions, from before my plague, they stand. Namely, uh, they stand aloof, you know, they, they're distant from it. Okay? And my relatives, my near ones again. Uh, stand from afar. Alright, so notice um, he's concentrating on all these synonyms. Notice Ohave, Rea, and Karov are all synonyms for those closest to him. Also notice how, if you want to kind of look at the how verbs work, notice it's the imperfect in the first colon and the perfect in the second colon with the same root. And in English they're translated the same because I have a theory about this. That when it comes to states and characteristics and descriptions, habitual actions, the Hebrew verb is relatively unmarked. And so you'll see this switch from... You, so the writers use participles for those kinds of situations. They use perfects and they use imperfects. Um, and uh, the reason the differences are probably because of Rhetorical differences, personal preference, you know, variations in style, maybe the meaning of the word, maybe diachronic factors. But I don't think we should make much of the semantic difference between the forms, you see. Um, that's the kind of theory, because it happens so often in poetry and prophecy, especially when you're talking about states, habits, characteristics, descriptions, and stuff like that. So in English, notice, we use one tense for those kinds of things, present tense, because in English, the simple present is the unmarked tense. So we can use it in kind of all kinds of situations. And sometimes we use it for rhetorical reasons. You know, it's all, so that's kind of the theory I'm working with, which is, doesn't explain the difference there. It's just 
tells you why they do it. All right, and we'll see this, I think, in other places in the psalm. Okay, any questions on verse 12? Is that synonymous parallelism? Yeah, this would be, yeah, if you're going by kind of a conventional way of looking at the differences between the two cola, this would be, notice the uh, repetition in meaning that you see, kind of using synonyms, really close. And what happens in the reader, see, I always ask, why does he do that? It's not, for me, you know, you guys have had me in Solomon writings, no, I really press people on this point. People usually think, well, I'm going to point out, look, look, this is a chiasm, as if, so what? Or, oh, oh, this is a metaphor, or whatever. So I ask you, what effect does it have on the reader? What does the reader do when you come to it? One thing that the reader does, notice, um, when it restates, you know, this, in other words, this um, feature, this literary feature that you see of, oh, he's repeating himself, causes the reader, what? To... Um, stay on this thought. You have to kind of contemplate something. And a lot of times that's the function. So, so you want to ask yourself, what am I doing as a reader when I notice, oh, this is a very similar line. See, what happens in you? Part of it has to do with how we understand the function of repetition in our own language and culture. See, in a sense, it's the language of worship. It's also the language that we use to express emotions of different kinds when we feel deeply about something, right, we tend to repeat ourselves. So all kinds of situations that uh, we may identify that, you know, why we use language. So that's what makes poetry interesting, I think. Okay, any other questions? Tim, is it, uh, I know it's poetry, so in a sense all rules are off, but is it emphatic that you have the, the nouns first? I think sometimes, off? yeah, I think, notice the word placement when you read it, it's, it's kind of fronting those, uh, so my friends, and so notice it's a particular group of people that yeah, are from. Yeah, it's not right. It's not just oh passers-by or everybody. It's whoa, my close ones. See, um, which is again why the early church saw a verse like this and saw in it the experience of Christ. Okay, I love that. Dibru um, havot. Umir mot kol hayom yehgu. Okay. Vayenak shu. That's a... Can anyone tell me what conjugation? Vayenak shu? Piel from nakash. And it means to lay a snare for. Um, or, you know, when the snare strikes at prey. So mevak she, notice that that's a piel participle used as a substantive. Those who seek my nefesh. Those who seek my life strike or lay a snare. And Dorshe, those who seek my evil. So notice you have the Rabia above the Nafshi, so you kind of pause there. So I'm making that the subject of the first verb. And then the, this, the Dorshe Ra'ati, is the subject of the Dibru. So, and those who seek my evil, right, which notice, who seek evil against me, is how we'd say that in maybe longer hand, they... Dibru, they utter or speak havot, destructive things. Hava is the noun for destruction, and so here you have a plural, maybe a more concrete. That makes sense. They speak destructive things, pause. And mirmot, deceitful things. Mirma is a word. Rama means to deceive. So mirmot, and deceitful things, all day yehgu, they utter. Alright, so again, notice. Uh, the situation is a habitual or characteristic situation. So, um, again, notice how you have the Bob consecutive, Yenakshu, 
and then it ends with the yegu. But we would translate, those who seek my life lay a snare. Or you could translate it in the perfect, which kind of gets you there. Have laid a snare. But the, that would mean the situation is still in occurrence as he's, as he's talking. And those who seek my evil, see, speak destructive things. Deceitful things all day they utter. Alright, so notice again you're getting the repetition because his mind is occupied with with um, what people are doing to him, how they're reacting to him, what his situation is. Alright? Um, yeah, gu, the uh, root is haga. That's a third hey verb uh, call. Haga, we saw that in um, Psalms 1 and 2, right? Haga, or so, verse 1 of Psalm 2, right? The, the, why do you haga, utter things, murmur? Alright, good. Anything through verse 13. Alright, now here's this very interesting. Verse 14, notice how his tone kind of changes. And here you see the pronoun fronted. Va'ani, kecheresh lo eshma. But as for me, as a deaf man I am, who will not or cannot hear. So I am as a cheresh, a deaf guy, who cannot hear. Ukeilein lo yiftach piv. And as a dumb, a mute who cannot open his mouth. So notice that um, it resonates with Isaiah 53. I mean, his silence in the face of all this evil against him. Striking, see? He does, so his demeanor is one of total humility. He, doesn't, he does not complain. does not strike out against those. <clears throat> all right. Uh, any questions through 14? Verse 15. Now, no sabbath consecutive. Va'ehi ke'ish asher lo shomea. Ve'en bepiv tokachot. I am as a man who does not hear. And there is not in my mouth tokachot. Um, see, the, see the root here? Yakach. Does anyone know what that means? Reprove. To reprove or rebuke. So you might want to translate this as arguments. There's not no arguments in my mouth. So notice how this line reiterates... As for me, I am as a deaf man who cannot hear and as a, as a mute who cannot open his mouth. I would probably translate this, yes, I am like a man who cannot hear. And there, is no, and there are no arguments in my mouth. Okay. Um, good. Any questions through 15? Yes. Is, the, is that the same as five? Uh, this is actually a Vav consecutive imperfect from Haya. Oh, okay. And I'm glad you mentioned this because a lot of times in these first uh, person verbs, you actually, in Vav, notice in Vav consecutive there's a, usually a shortening, especially if the hay drops off, and that's what you have here. But remember, Jim, it, was it, is it in Hebrew readings? That the, we have the full form a lot of times too. Ve, eh, yeh. And a lot of times in first-person forms, you have the fuller spelling. Um, and I looked that up, and there are significant ways of spelling both ways. But here's the shortened form. So you're right, though. Ani ehi. I don't know if there's kind of a sound play that he's doing or not. It's hard to say. Okay, any other questions? Yes. There seems to be some significance. I can't quite get at it that... And what verse 13 yeah. talked about how it spoke 
destructive things, he spoke evil things, and now in this verse he, he's death, he's liking himself. I think he's in a row, I'm death, I'm death. So right. like, why would he... Yeah, well, I... How does he... Know, it's not, okay. not trying to say that he can't hear their complaints, no. but... In other words, it's like someone who... Um, speak to the hand because the face ain't listening kind of thing. In other words, it's not that he literally can't hear. It's that yeah. he is not going to respond to them. So he he's ignored probably too strong a word because he knows that it's happening. But it would be like someone who is in your face about something and you are playing the part of one who doesn't hear because you're not going to play that game. You're not going to respond in kind. See, that's what he's getting at, I think. Does that make sense? Good. Uh, verse 16, notice we have a sequence of key clauses here. Kilakayawe hokalti Adonai Elohai. For to you, O Lord, hokalti, I wait. This is from Yachal, a hip field, to wait or to hope. Alright? So notice he's deaf, and now he begins to talk about why he doesn't respond. Why is he acting? For I hope on you. Now notice again the, the uh, pronoun. You, Ta'ana, you will answer. O Adonai, O Lord Elohai, my God. So again, the, the force of that is, uh, a, I would say, a strong assertion of commitment to what he's saying. You will answer. See, so in the midst of all his suffering, notice in this part of the psalm you see his faith coming to the surface once again. In spite of everything. I mean, he was on the brink of death, remember, in verse 11. <laughs> Here he is, kind of coming back to the surface. Very interesting move. And a lot of the laments make that move. Okay, verse 17. Kiamarti pen yismechuli bemot ragli alai higdilu. For I said, lest yismechu, lest they rejoice over me or for me. I don't know, 17a, what's the footnote there? Oh, they add my enemies. See, so notice the subject is kind of understood according to the Hebrew text. For I thought, lest they rejoice in me. Now, what's assumed, and you see this in other Psalms, Psalm 22 especially, in this kind of lament, is that, you know, if this speaker sees himself as Yahweh's chosen one. So, if people are going to kill him, and if people rejoice over him, in a sense they're scorning Yahweh. Now, he doesn't, I don't think he develops that argument here, but you can see, you know, if you've read those other Psalms, it kind of comes to my mind, it's kind of implicit. So what? Well, Yahweh's honor is impugned. Alright? So notice how 16 and 17 are connected. I hope in you, you will answer, um, O Lord my God, for I thought, lest they rejoice over me. And then he leaves it implied. <laughs> You're the one that's going to come to help me. Otherwise, it's your name who's finally dragged in the mud. Okay? Bemot rag li. Um, the mot is an infinitive from moot and to shake. Okay? And the subject is rag li. In the shaking of my feet, or when my feet are shaken. Okay? And I think you have to understand that lest again. Lest they hig dilu, lest they enlarge themselves or make themselves great over me when my feet totter. See, so, for I thought, lest they rejoice over me, lest when my feet totter, they enlarge themselves over me. Does that make sense? Again, it's kind of compressed there, but uh, 
that Higdilu is a hitfield from Gadel to be great. So here would be to make greater, to enlarge. So what is the lest um, following up on? Is it if God doesn't respond, yeah. then this will happen? See, yeah, see, notice, right, I think that the protestant is that phrase in verse 16, you will help me, you will answer me, O Lord our God, for I thought, lest they rejoice over me uh, when my feet totter, lest they enlarge themselves over me. That's how I'm kind of taking it. There may be other ways, but it seems to make sense here uh, so that he leaves unsaid but assumed the relationship between God and him so that God would care that he falls. Does that make sense? Uh, good. Any other questions on 17? You take the first part of 17 and render it something like, for I am speaking like this, lest... Yeah, I mean, you could do that, right. For I... I and yeah, kinda, the, I'm saying this, right. Right, for I say this... Yeah, you could do that. Okay. For I say this, lest... Yeah, and then the this would be referring to the last part of 16. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good way to take it, too. Could you take it, like, uh, the, he's saying... I don't want my enemies to triumph over me. So that, how would you? Uh, the, the less would be sort of what he's saying. Oh. He's saying, cool. you know, yes. don't let my yes. quote sort of like that. Yeah, see, that's how I was going to take it. Before I okay. said oh, less. Okay. And, and uh, then Jeff took it as, as uh, more indirect. For I thought this, namely verse 16, and now here's the reason, less. Okay. All things are possible in poetry, which is why you guys all should love Hebrew. Yeah. It's slippery, but that's what poetry is all about, right? Poetry is supposed to be ambiguous, and you kind of read it that way, expecting it. Verse 18, here's another key clause notice. Kiani letzela nakon, u makovi negditami, for I am as a zela. Zela means a stumbling one, or a limping one. Um, and nakon is the participle nifal of kun. So, for I am nakon, I am set up, or I am established, that sounds kind of artificial, as a, as a stumbling one. All right. And my pain, makovi, see, makovi is my pain, and my pain is negdi, is before me, tami, continually. <clears throat> okay? Notice how his... his um, his, his focus is kind of changing here in verses 7. You, you know, you can just kind of follow where his focus is going, where are his thoughts going through these verses and kind of on different aspects. See, so I love that about how some of the poets do it. It's not logical sequence, but it's what a person would say or think who's under great duress, struggling, you know, he has faith struggles, he has external pain, he has all these issues. So what's going to happen? You're going to, your thoughts are going to go from one thing to another, and now you see him kind of focusing more on his own situation once again. What's happening? Would you, um, this may be way, reading way too much into uh, grammar, but um, in, in 16, this kind of, this, this but you or you or whatever it is, the lack mm-hmm. is involved there, and for the next uh, few clauses, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, like, that kind of strikes me as, as, a, as a very concrete, like, like this is the key. This is the all the key clauses. This is what unlocks the rest of the thing uh, uh, of the way that the rest of the psalm is functioning. So, uh, so that the lack of a bob, like before a top, for example. Well, yeah, just 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 the fact that that 
you you lose those, and I realize right. those are less common in poetry. Anyway, right, right. But <coughs> right, no, I think that you should take into account because when you juxtapose two clauses and when you translate them that way, it has a more raw feel to it. Mm -hmm. And some translations do try to smooth it out by adding the vowels, but it's interesting when you just leave them out, you get a kind of a different effect. So uh, again, you get this sense of thoughts juxtaposed to each other or bumping against each other kind of thing. Makes you feel like you're kind of like you're on a train going down. To yeah. You just got track after track after track after track after track, 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 track. Oh my goodness! And then you right. just kind of shoot off the track. Yeah. See, because the vob tends to you see connection without the vob. Obviously, you'll still see some connection, but you also see more separation. So okay. it's like so. Notice in the next verse, kiavoni uh, agid, see ed ag mechatati, for my iniquity, I will report. I am anxious uh, because of my sin. So you could put a bob there, but notice how it smooths it out, whereas you're kind of jumping from, from related thought to related thought. All right. Um, good. Any questions through 19? Verse 20. And my enemies... Okay, atzei means... Yeah, I just did it. Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh, those That's all right, man. Have you eaten yet? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's the fifth hour. Like, I was reading all that. No, that's all right. For my iniquity I will report. I am anxious because of my sin. That's it. That's 19. Now, 20. Atsay means to be mighty or to be numerous. Okay? My enemies are mighty. Now, Chayim. <laughs> I don't know. My enemies are mighty in life or... I looked at translations. They all smush through this. They just basically leave out Chaim. Um, they say, my enemies are very numerous or something like that. Or, yeah. Um, so my enemies, so notice what he's saying. So one translation has it, my enemies are vigorous and numerous. So it makes it, you know, the Chaim is that kind of thing, which may capture the sense pretty well. So my enemies, life, <laughs> they are mighty. <laughs> So I don't know what the force of the Chaim is there. All right. Verabu is from Rava, to be many or to be numerous again. Sonai means to hate. See, those who hate me. So those who hate me, Shaker means, um, is that the, the noun for a lie? All right. So here it's used, I think, as an adverb. My enemies, or those who hate me, Shaker, those who hate me wrongly are numerous. Um, so shock air, I would see it functioning to modify the sonai. All right. So my enemies, chayim, life, they're mighty. I don't know what to do with the chayim. So yeah. See, so my enemies are mighty in life, or extremely. That's why the translation they're extremely vigorous or something like that makes some sense to me. Is it more like a physical, like the vigor? Is it more just maybe successful and mighty? And oh, I think it's everything. I think it's everything, but I think it's especially in view of his own dying body. They are Chaim. And notice they're also very numerous. Rabu, Sonai Shakir. Alright. Can that mean to multiply, the Rava? To be many or to multiply, yeah. Can it mean... Can we say that um, my ones who hate me multiply falsehood like against me? Yes, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, I think you can. I think that that would take a direct object. So they multiply a lie. Yeah, that's possible. And that Rabu, by the way, um, is a call. 
All right. You know, I, I have to think about that. I have to check and see because that's the call form of, of Ravav and right. to see if that can have an active sense. So I have to see if it's used that way. Okay. It's a good question. Does the hip feel mean to multiply? Yeah, see, right. The hip feel would mean to multiply or to make many. So I don't know if it occurs in the call that way. That's just one of the meanings, too. But I would, my first instinct say it's stated, to be many. All right. Verse 21. Those who repay me evil, that meshalme is another PL infinity or parsable from shalem, to be complete. So to be complete in the call, to pay back or to reward in the PL. So those who want to, who reward me evil, tachat, for good, or instead of good. All right, pause. Yistanuni, they, Satan, you see Satan there, Satan, our adversary. So those who are my adversaries. Okay, now tachat, I would translate here, because of my pursuing good. That road fee, don't, don't be too confused by the, the uh, pointing there. That, that is an infinitive construct from radat to pursue. And they want you to read uh, as if the bob's not there, which usually is what happens when you add a suffix, the bob disappears. But the text has the bob, so that the text, if you pointed it, it would be redofi, redofi. But it would both be just different ways of spelling the infinitive. So those who are my adversaries, um, those who are adversaries against me because of, because of my pursuing good. So he does the good thing and his adversaries are actually against him because of it. <clears throat> okay. Could you take Taka the second in the same <clears throat> way, Tim? Those who are, in, a, in, in essence, they offer me opposition in place of, well, I guess that wouldn't make sense. Yes, yeah, that's the only thing, in place of my pursuing good. Yeah. I mean, it can make kind of sense yeah. that way. All right. Um, oh, we got to quit here. We'll stop. I don't want to press anyone. I want to get through. So we'll finish these last two verses, and then we'll go on to Psalm 102, which is our next penitential. All right. Thank you. Thanks, you guys.